Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It's April 22nd, 2022, and you're listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 476. I'm your host, Rob Zachney. I'm joined by Patrick Klopek. Help, I'm stuck in this time box. (laughs) Our producer, Ricardo Contreras. It's okay, because your time box is for you. It's like the fucking Fault of Kamigawa, whatever. I I forgot the actual name of that comic. You know, this hole. This hole is made for me. This is my time what? box. Do you not know that? Short- Patrick knows the meme. He just doesn't know the, the comic you're referring to. I'm sure. It's a very the, good... The, it, the little guy pointing at a person-shaped hole in a rock face, being like, this, this is my hole. Yeah, this hole is meant, meant yeah, for okay. me. I've yeah, okay. Yeah. Yes. You I've should read that short... I mean, you like horror. That, it's a great... Uh, oh, my God. I cannot remember But you couldn't tell me what it name. is. You, like, fumbled the name of it. Yeah, it's Kamigawa Falls just or something. Just link it to me. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Put it in my personal show notes for me, our Discord DM. Uh, so we didn't really figure out how we were going to open this podcast uh, in terms of Ami topics. Ami, uh, I, have here, I have some questions. I'm sorry. I have to correct myself on, because uh-huh. I said the right wrong name, the Enigma of Amigara Fault. This is a Junji Ito bit. It's very good. We can... Um, there were two topics. We can tie t- together two topics, Rob, of potential. Uh, one is that you were asking me to where your Steam Deck is, uh, to mm-hmm. which I told you that according to Steam, I am still in the April to June mm-hmm. um, category. And I told you that if you like check different Reddit or like reset era threads, like people have figured out like timestamps of their purchases <laughs> and like where that the shipments are moving along. Like if your second or minute 18 after the launch of the pre-order page that like they've made it up to like minute 13 or whatever. Um, I don't know where we are in that time continuum, except that Steve Val seems to be getting them out at a pretty decent clip. But now there is controversy over. So when I review of the steam deck, I noted that the fans were extremely fucking loud. Mm-hmm. Um, even while playing like a visual novel or something that shouldn't really be pushing the the hardware all that all that much there's not a lot happening on screen well rob it turns out there are two fans Mm -hmm. um that you can get in the steam deck um there is a loud fan which is what it appears i have and there is a (laughs) quiet fan which is i guess what you're maybe going to get unless i don't know how the purchasing is going to work there i will at some point get an email that says could you please pay the money for this Steam Deck? At that point, I don't know if I can change the shipping address. If I can't, that Steam Deck will come to me first. And then the question in front of me will be, should I find out if this has the quiet fan? And if it does, 
What are the ethics of sending that or not sending that to Rob? <laughs> are they otherwise wow. the same? Are that they otherwise exactly the same? Like, is it the same no, exactly storage? The same. Appar- uh, it's uh, yeah. It's the uh, I think um, mm. the one I have. I think actually might have more high end storage. Ah. I think Valve sent me like the top end. So uh, both there is a uh, model. The cheapest model of the Steam Deck has um, like less storage capacity, but also slower internal storage, like access speed or write speed or whatever. Um, I got the middle one. I tried to split the difference between the two, and so. Uh, and then on the higher end, I think it's the exact same. It's just more of it. And so, there, yeah, I guess there is a there is a world in which the deck that arrives for Rob will could have a quiet fan but less storage. Um, with still the option for the SD, you know, you can put stuff on an, 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 uh, an SD card mm-hmm. um, or a quiet fan uh, or a loud fan with more storage. I'd have to actually look at the numbers. I don't know if that's exactly true, but that is a possible conundrum i think he would want the quieter fan and i would give you the quieter fan um i would not however i will note that everyone in this house does have pretty good noise canceling headphones mm. so like i would appreciate- but noises don't bother me if i've learned anything yeah. rob you're like a, you're much more particular like, like the, the, i was enough for me to note it because i was like this is loud enough that it, i can hear it but it doesn't really bother me because mm. i usually have like other noises happening in the house or i will put on headphones attached to the steam deck and it's kind of negates it but um given your various audio sagas it's like well maybe the one that has like better situational audio would be better because you had mentioned this all came up because you um you said you're having tv issues like shared tv issues is this because your partner has discovered the ways of the speaker and said I actually need to use the TV all the time now. Oh, if because only. this audio is so great. No, that is not that is not what she discovered. <laughs> no, my wife, regrettably, has decided to seek the Elden Ring. Oh my oh, wow. God. Um We're tying what? actually a bunch of pre-pod yeah. topics we were set that we said, let's stop talking and starting. Now you've now brought Elden Ring into the mix, which was a side topic oh that we could have talked but about. This, but, it's not, but this is why I need mm. something mm-hmm. to like... The situation has escalated very quickly here. What build did she go with? Astrologer. Nice. Well, that's, nice. that's that's nice. like an nice. outfit like but like what is the astrologer's uh stat? all magic stat. magic it's a all magic 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 yeah. magic 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 Hi, yes. uh, Hi, and so and the thing that sold her was you know that tiktok of i want to say it's like it's two kids in their school like doing different like encounter like flavors of encounter that you find in elden ring uh like with different builds and different mm-hmm. like boss enemy types mm-hmm uh, she was like trying to figure out like whether she could uh, figure out how to play a game like Elden Ring because like she she loved Breath of the Wild, but like you know she, her position is her coordination with uh, like controllers is really really bad, okay. and so her watching me play with like. Um, dex build type stuff she was like well i can't i can't do this and i'm like well neither can i but that doesn't stop me (laughs) Um, but she was like i wonder if there's a way that i could play this and she saw the tiktok of like 
these kids basically memeing on what the different battle types are. And like, there's the person trying the dex build whiffing the parries and then getting murked. But then there was the thing where the astrologer just walks up, waves the wand to and fro, <laughs> and without the camera ever showing what they're targeting, you just get great enemy felled, and they walk away like drinking a little juice box uh, for mana. And yeah. she was like, wait, that seems feasible. It turns out it's intensely feasible. Uh, I'm like kind of astonished at the way. She, like the astrologer build in some ways, the 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 pure magic build seems a bit like the whole thermal lance uh, scene from Thief, where just like you are steadily burning through the game just by the sheer like white hot power of burst damage. What is the um? Is is she using so the traditional int intelligence like magic cheat code early mm-hmm. in the game is like you're collecting this these. Uh oh! I think it's the purple sorcery, but I don't know, like the three meteor balls that you summon, and then you toss at an enemy. Is that what she's using? Like what? No, she's using. She started out with just good old glintstone pebble, yeah, uh, yeah, where yeah. just like uh, basically emptying a nine millimeter of magic uh, yeah. into people nonstop. And then there's just like I'll be honest, I kind of wish the sorcery appeared a little more spectacular and and like a little more variety because the the next thing she's moved up to is just like a bigger glintstone pedal pe- yep. uh, mm-hmm. pebble type thing where it's more like now glintstone shotgun blast. Uh, I'm going is... to send you a link to a thing that she should do. Oh, she needs weapon. no help, Patrick. I know, but I'm saying she like. She will enjoy like there is just there, there's just a little spell that you can just go get in a scary little area and then you leave that place. And I'm not saying she needs help. I'm just saying it will make it will be a lot of fun. No, actually, my, ha- my tension about the entire thing is watching the speed at which she is like melting this game. Yes, um, it is like. I think she one shot market. That sounds like, about the, right. The fuck? And she's like, yeah, just. I just beat like just beat his ass. Like okay, I think there was, I think someone did she summoned someone in help right. uh, to help pull sure. aggro. But like the other thing is she's gotten really good at juggling aggro using the wolves. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so like she lets them pull the enemy off her, and then she like blast the shit out of them it begins to run toward her she runs like hell if if torrent is torrentable uh she will hop on torrent and like ride in circles but like so the thing is like i cannot stress it looks so fucking easy and like Mm -hmm. you know what that seems nice. She's just seeing more of the game. There's more of the world. It's like, this seems like a cool place. Like, how'd you get here? Well, it turns out it's just if you can just beat everyone's asses, you can get to these places. It um, is. I, I have, I, uh, so I like, yeah, these, these like meteor comments or whatever that like are very common for people to, you can get it fairly early in the game and it just does enormous damage and also does enormous stagger in the enemies grave? that it lo- no, you have to go. Was it uh, uh, not not Kali or what is it? Caleb, Caleb? right? Uh, oh, yeah. There's a there's a meteor spell with a meteor uh, staff that you can find that just Shit. does enormous damage. Oh, I can't believe you don't have. I'll send I'll send you the link. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, 
because like I I now you know I'm 50 hours into the game I have like 30 different spells or whatever I could be swapping between and you know what I use 99% of the time is the the, the equivalent of 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 MK's like yeah. glintstone pebble or it's shotgun the shard. is these three yeah. balls and it just wallops them you hit them two or three times even the biggest of dragons just get on the ground and go oh fuck oh damn that hurts and um to to the point where like i'm going out of my way to like all right i'm gonna use these other spells and then the game is just like what are you doing man i just you know what works these big bowling balls that you can chuck at enemies like i almost want from to nerf it so that i am just forced to do something else because now my my build is uh you know i've got the uh the moon veil katana which ha- they for some reason have not nerfed in any of the patches they've done so far. It does enormous stagger and magic damage, and in these three fucking boulders that I toss at every enemy. Um, I'm having a good time, but I, to your point, Rob, um, I, I in some ways have struggled with playing the game in that I am so frequently encountering the situations I am used to in these games of enter into an arena, fiercely study what is in front of me, spending an hour, hour and a half getting good at pattern recognition. And instead, what is more commonly happening is that if I encounter any sort of real frustration, I go, this is bullshit, man. Like, you know, I like, fuck this game. Like, I don't, maybe I don't even like this shit anymore. And it's like, no, it's because I'm so used to just steamrolling like, everything I come across uh, because the ma- the magic uh, is, like allows you to do so, which I think is great. Like these games have allowed stuff like that before. Yeah, but yeah, Elden Ring was... to such a high degree. But it's the combination of magic, torrent, summoning. Yeah. Like it's just there's such a degree that the fact that someone like MK can look at it and go, "This game's not for me," and then see a TikTok and go, "Oh, but maybe this is my way in." Like because otherwise, like she doesn't play that game, right? Like she doesn't have yeah. a good time with it. She doesn't make you feel shame. For your version <laughs> of the game, um, what are you playing? And it's really fucking cool. Um, well, and I guess this are you gonna reveal your secret, Rob? You, 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 you revealed this to me in New York. I guess I have to now because the, the like this is the plot twist <laughs> I didn't expect, which is that MK is now like just blazing ahead of me, uh, in this game. But like secretly, I've been a fiend for Elden Ring. Yes. Like I, I'd yes. love to seek that ring. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't know what it does. Not really clear on why I need it or why we're doing any of this, really. But like, I, I just have to seek. Don't it. you want to be um, an Elden Lord? Uh, you know, it doesn't seem like complicated. <laughs> seeing what people at the top of the ladder are doing uh-huh. in Elden Ring makes me wonder. Like, I'm probably good, honestly. <laughs> Um, you know, but I just get maybe a nice little, like, you know, nice little sound system in a corner of the round table hold. I'd probably be good. Just fucking chilling. Um, but no, so I, like, I do the same thing every, like, I fucked up again. I was like, I like being maneuverable and fast and like a little bit of rogue. And so I went with the dex build. Um, like a fucking idiot. Like always, I was like. I can be I can make this deck dex bill work. Don't need hit points if you don't get hit. Don't need to be strong if you can just go like snick stick 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 and just like sh- shiv people right and left. Yeah. And the thing that has been completely like this seems so much worse even than it was in the Demon Souls remake. 
the lack of reach on any of my weapons is just utterly debilitating uh, in this game. Like every single enemy has like a spin or a stomp that like has a massive AOE and stagger like in like in and around their feet. Uh, and I have to exist in that radius yeah. at all times. Like that's the only place I can do damage uh, because with the exception of a whip, uh, I have nothing that has any kind of like reach. Rob, you can fix this. You can mm-hmm. just just do the build that everyone's doing, which is the Dex Int build. Yeah. You just need to spend some time. Oh no, I am, point. I am, I am pivoting. Okay. I am pivoting. Uh, but you can do both because there are lots of weapons that scale along both. Like that is like the Moonvale Katana, the weapon that like in many ways breaks this game. Um, or at least for my particular build, like scales along both of those, which is why like as soon as I got that, the game was just like aha, like you will now slice through every enemy as though they are made of melted, melting well, butter. Okay, this brings me to something else, too, though. Mm. So there's also a whole lot of, like, you know, and of course, you can be really good with a bow and arrow in this game. It's no. like, okay, cool. No. And I'm like, this thing doesn't do shit. This no. thing is annoying to use, like, shoots like shit. You yeah. tell me I have to go hunt different cute creatures every time I want to re-up my ammo. I got to, like, go harvest some shrubs and then, like, murder some, like, baby <laughs> birds. Yeah. Like, fuck that. <laughs> or I can just dump a few points, a few levels into intelligence. And now I, too, am walking around with that glintstone thing yeah. on me. <laughs> right? Like, brap, brap, brap. Strapped up with yeah. the fucking uh, catalyst. Uh, and so now I too am on the precipice of like, I could figure out this pattern. Click. <laughs> <laughs> like I just uh, I just call my best girl, Angela, the jellyfish. Uh, nice. And yeah, 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 yeah. we just we just hang out and trade aggro, and I just like snipe shots with the with the glintstone pebble. And then she steadily builds poison stacks on somebody, and eventually they die of what appears to be boredom. Um, <laughs> and that's working just fine. Uh, but but it's like so in. funny. You got to get some poison arrows. So I have gotten some poison arrows, and like I will say, it is very funny. This is how eventually, like, I was like, I'm going to figure out Margaret. I'm going to get this pattern down, etc. No, I never really did. Instead, it's also better to use it to throw pots than it is to like if you want poison, like just throw yeah, poison, <laughs> just t- toss a bucket of poison on them instead of trying to. Like, <laughs> well, this is the thing like, the arrow. like, eventually, the way I did it was like, wow, phase two is really nasty. But if you make phase one take longer when the motherfucker is easier to dodge, he will build up so many stacks of poison that by phase two, you're just watching the life force drain out of this asshole while you stand there. <laughs> and like he takes a swing yeah. and like you run out run out of the path and like his hit bar like drops by another like 10% because he took a <laughs> breath. Like it's great. It's yeah. like, okay, well, I guess I guess this one we just run out the clock on this whole encounter. Uh but so the thing is like uh anyway, me like it's a special game. Like me playing it, and even like as annoying as I find it in or as I was finding it in places, um, as hard as I found it, like MK was captivated watching it. Um, and then eventually it was like I think it was while I was down in New York, uh, for our our, our first stream this year, 
she started a character and since then it's been a real fight to like share TV time uh, down here. And like that rules. This is amazing. This is like, it's sort of when Arwen Evenstar uh, understands what mortality like truly means and what it means to have like brought this into your life. Um, this is kind of me and realizing what the home theater system kind of means for like what a space becomes when you're not using it, but someone else is. Uh, and it becomes an all consuming fact of life. Like there, this is an Elden Ring room now. Uh, and if Elden Ring is happening in this room, we seek there is a wall of Elden Ring yeah. just like happening and you can't ignore it. No. And she can be like, well, I'll, you know, I'll put on my my uh you know bluetooth headphones and we'll be on the speakers man that game was such a sit like it is so visually stimulating though i'm just like huh what's going on what's this what's this, this is a fucked <laughs> what, up library where these guys? where'd you where find that cave i didn't find that cave yeah where, where you mm-hmm. like i i will i will say i was so pleased when like i found siafra before like she did it was probably the last oh. big secret i'm gonna uncover yeah. and so she like stops dead in her tracks as i get on this elevator and i'm like yeah, I'm probably going down to a dungeon or something. And then we passed through the intermediate floors. And I was like, the fuck is that sky? And <laughs> so, yeah, we, we both just lose our minds uh, with, with that stuff. But, yeah, so the point is I now need that Steam Deck to show up sooner rather than later. <laughs> because mm-hmm. I just need to be able to go be somewhere else where Elden Ring is not happening. And I can still game. Because I can, like, I'm at my desk. I can play with, like, you know, TV sort of over, over my shoulder. But, like... If the sound system is on, I'm going to hear the Glintstone sound constantly. Uh, but also, I'm just going to see all kinds of like shit happening out of the corner of my eye uh, that I will just not be able to ignore. Uh, so now it's it's definitely a situation where like I need to get out of this room a little more uh, mm. and and let and let MK seek that ring in peace. Uh, I was playing some of Elden Ring on the Steam Deck while I was watching. The, the 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 some of the playoff games uh last night um on on Wednesday or Wednesday night of, um because we were recording Thursday but uh that the Steam Deck is a, <laughs> the Steam Deck running Elden Ring um is so powerful that plugging it in to try and like I, I forgot to plug it in like a couple nights ago and so the battery is slowly drained and so when I started Elden Ring it was like you have twenty minutes before this thing shuts off and I was like ah all right well I'll go get like the giant power brick USB-C power brick we have for um, like my wife's laptop is like, that thing is huge. Like the power output out of that has got to be pretty good. Hopefully that'll like at least keep me at the percentage that I'm at while I'm playing, plug it in. And all it did was just like delay the inevitable by like an extra oh, like yeah. 45 seconds. Like it's feeding the power and it calculates what the time is. And it's like, you're good to go, man. Like get back to that game. And then as soon as Elzen ring like kicks in the game, the steam deck is just like, Oh shit, man. This, uh, we can give you like an extra five minutes here, but that's like a, the best that this like juice is going to do. Like you cannot play those games play the game simultaneously and charging and hope to, cause we talked about, it, I think when I reviewed it, like, Oh, you could just like bring a power brick with you or plug in Like you're on a train. Mm. Like you could just play that thing forever. It's like, well, depending on the game, that might be true. But like Elden ring says, nah. And it's just like, just drains the battery. I mean, so, you know, runs really well, but the battery just goes poof. Does it come with a specific charger? Mm-mm-mm. 
Yes. It's like the, the, the cord was shorter than I, what I needed for. Um, well, because I guess I could try it. I was going to say like the, certain it doesn't the, the like power bricks will output at different. You know, uh, I think I forget yeah. what exactly it, which one it is, wattage or voltage that matters most in this specific scenario. But it's possible that the laptop which is rated for something lower than mm. the Steam Deck needs to run. That's possible. So I'm trying to find the and like size doesn't isn't always an indicator of that at all. Sometimes it's like bigger is actually there's more capacitors in there, like or more um, transistors in there, slowing voltage down and things like that. You know, like. Um. So I'm curious whether or not the same thing. I'll try it again. With, I'll try that again. I'll try. The, I'll try that tonight. Yeah, yeah. See how long it'll if if it can at least run straight off power. Right. Even if it's not charging it, it'll still keep it alive at like a baseline. You know. That's a good point. Um. Rob, you mentioned those speakers. Yes. So last we left off <laughs> in one of the most chaotic podcasts <laughs> that I've ever been a part of. Um, you were going to give, you were going to become part of your own Michael Mann movie, get some speakers from a man in New York. The reason you're even out there to build a keyboard, um, <laughs> not to build a keyboard. Do you have, <laughs> oh, you, I guess I, I can convert, I can see the speakers. Yeah. They're back. They're behind you. Yeah. They're back. And so how did this go? Walk us through the, uh, it was different than I expected. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> the thing is, so Florida man didn't show up. Um, Florida man's <laughs> wife Who's was the courier. Got a per- oh, okay, all right, okay, all right. Okay, well, but okay. the thing is, so the reason he suggested he was like, "Look, I could ship these things to you, but my wife is taking care of a friend in uh, New Jersey, and like probably a hell of a lot safer to have these things loaded into the car rather than like shipped via FedEx or something." Mm-hmm. What are the ch- what are the chances for that kind of convenience? That rules. Greater than I would have thought because so when I went to pick pick it up, first of all, middle of the week, he's like, hey, is there a chance you could uh, like pick it up early on Saturday uh, because like our friend passed away? Uh, and I was like, yeah, yeah, like don't like I will make mm-hmm. it work, whatever. Yeah. Um. So I go and meet this person in New Jersey. Um, and. The wake is later that day, but like I meet her outside this this uh like suburban house and you know you know I ask how you know think how she's doing and you know she's like as good as can be expected. And then she says, you know, people, you know, members of our Carver family, uh, you know, I love them just as much as you know I do my flesh and blood. And what that meant was like the person she was taking care of is part of the speaker community. It's part of this audiophile community around Bob Carver's speakers. And the guy who was repairing my speakers is like one of like the loci of that community. And is like one of the authoritative like repair guys in that space. And, you know, his wife tells it she's kind of like den mom to this extended audiophile community um, who are, it sounds like, you know, they're all older, older folks and like Mm -hmm. starting to pass away. Like this is not the first time she's had to do something like this in the last, like, you know, few years. Hmm. Um, But it was a very, like, it was very like weird to suddenly realize that like, Oh wow. Like folks truly are 
all in on this to the point where like there's familial like style connections that exist here. And like someone else who was there while I was doing the speaker pickup was a relative of the deceased who was like, yeah, you know, I guess, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here to help clean things up, but also, you know, I guess, uh, you know, I'm inheriting a bunch of like this Carver stuff. I'm inheriting a bunch of this guy's speakers. Uh, and so like sort of a generational, uh, pass down is happening on the back of this. And so while I'm there, you know, we do the, do the transfer, um, carry these huge fucking like railroad, uh, <laughs> like, uh, track sized, uh, speakers, uh, between the cars. Uh, you know, she, she tells me about, um, you know, have I considered attending Carver fast? I was like, what now? And she's like, you know, we're always looking for more people, but I think, you know, you get a kick out of it. We do it. You know, we, we obviously took a break for COVID, but uh, yeah, like, you know, we have Carver Fest every year in uh, in the Smokies and we, you know, people rent out cabins and they bring their Carver setups and, uh, you know, we just, you know, we, we show off uh, our, our rigs basically. And, you know, people spend the whole day wandering from cabin to cabin uh, listening to people's different setups. Now, of course, some of Bob's more extravagant creations can't be staged this way because the weight of the speakers will collapse the floor of the cabin. Great. And I was like, okay, so this must be like some, like, you know, log cabin ass cabins. If that stuff's happening. No, I'm underestimating maybe the prosperity of the Carver audience. Uh, if you look around, I think Kato, I sent you this, like sent yeah. you like this thing got a write up. Um, but if you look up like the, the place, this thing occurs, these are like not cabins. These are like really like Lux lodges that people are taking over to set up <laughs> uh, these uh, like huge audiophile setups. But I'm not going to lie. It does sound kind of blissful where it's just like they do this for two weeks. Two weeks of just hanging out in the woods and wandering from like sound system to sound system and like people not just showing off the rig, but like the stuff they like to listen to on it. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, having gone through all this, there's no fucking way I'm ever moving these speakers unless I absolutely <laughs> have to. There's two circumstances under which I will move these speakers. One, house is burning down. Two, we are moving. Those are the two conditions under which I'm moving these things because they're a nightmare. Um, And also, like, every time I move them, I feel like I'm taking durability points off them, basically, because, like, the way they work, you know, you can sort of see them. They're huge wood frames, and that's Mm -hmm. part of the sound. You know, it's the same principles. Also, this is it. If these get broken, irreparable in any way, that's that's probably the end of the road for these speakers, right? Uh, I'm guessing not anymore because now I'm plugged into the Carver community. Um, and so like my guess is that my Florida connection, um, could probably, you know, she was like, you know, sometimes <laughs> she was like, you know, I do love, I do love our Carver family, but at the same time, you know, sometimes I do wish I had more of my house back. Um, because she's like all like, you know, you can't set foot, uh, anywhere in our house without like, you know, different Carver, Carver speaker and Carver parts and, and all that stuff all, all over the place. Um, so my, my suspicion is like, 
if something happened, the ribbon can now be replaced. I do know this. So the, the ribbon for years was irreplaceable because mm-hmm. there's the original production run of this foil ribbon and it went away. By all accounts, this this particular contact now sources his own ribbon, um, his acoustic ribbon uh, that's built to spec, signed off on by Bob Carver. Nice. Uh, so that part, which was not replaceable, like last I looked into this like five years ago, um, is now replaceable. Beyond that, though, I do kind of wonder how many of these things are still floating around. But my guess is in that community, you can find someone who can uh, make a replacement happen. Um, for You know, how much longer that's the case, I don't know. Again, it's a aging community. Uh, mm-hmm. Bob Carver himself is like 80 years old. Um so it's, I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing. Here's the, here's the thing. Like part of me is like, well, people who tend to think like Carver Fest have got to be out of their minds. Right. On the other hand, I'm like, that sounds fucking cool. And they might be out of their minds in exactly the same way I am. And like, it could be a lot of fun, uh, especially because like the thing that Carver got into uh, after this is like, Taking some of the design ideas, but because like that you couldn't move enough inventory to make like consumer speakers like this a real viable option anymore. You did what a lot of these guys have gone into, which is fully boutique, uh, like plutocrat, like bespoke speaker builds. Uh, So if you see Mm -hmm. like if you look up his websites now, the type of stuff that he is building uh, is on the tune of like tens of thousands of dollars. Um, of audio equipment for people who literally like basically have money to burn. Um, and so like bet you I could hear some cool shit uh, attending old Carver Fest. <laughs> oh, but yeah, That's so incredible. like got him someone, back. Someone will have that. What, what was that fucking album? Patrick, oh, the Flaming Lips album? Yeah, the Flaming Lips Someone will have a copy yeah, of that. That's, yeah, I'll come out to Carver Fest that. if I can listen to... <laughs> On seven, <laughs> Car- yeah. or seven Carvers. No, I want to go to each different log cabin that is playing a different... A different one. <laughs> different one so that I can piece it together in my brain as I, oh. as I, as I pour a scotch walking from cabin to cabin. Well, that's Amazing. the thing. I, I wonder if he would approve of that because one of his bigger concerns later in his career is that stereo itself built in has a huge problem, right. which is of course that like, you know, your ears hear things from both speakers. And so like, there's a bit of interference happening uh, that would not be happening in a live environment uh, where if someone's like playing a guitar in a room. Sound comes out of the guitar. It hits each ear. And that's like one audio event, Right. But if you play that guitar through speaker, now you got sound coming out of two speakers, and now your ears hear both. Oh my God, how can we live with this? So I can only imagine what Carver would make of an album meant to be played from like five different sources uh, all around the room. Uh, what, what would Carver? What would Carver say about uh, I have these? My desk speakers no longer fit properly on my desk in a left and right capacity mm. since I got that new Dell monitor. <laughs> that that uh, I'm very happy with that new but the expansive monitor. space. Yeah, I got the you know some, a 1440 monitor oh, a couple nice. couple months back. Um, 
with the, alongside Elden Ring. And, man, and like, New managed to get an open box space Dell monitor. I just, my brain squished those two together. I thought it was oh. New Dell. Like, what, what is New Dell? New Who Dell. is New Dell? Um, yeah, well, they're into NFTs. Uh, they're a Web3 <laughs> company. But so my speakers don't fit left to right. They're these crappy little creative ones. But, like, they're now just to the left. I just have two speakers to the left of me that I all I do is just like play, you know, like a movie soundtracks and I'm, I'm writing because now at this point I need to wait. Rob, I've decided I just need to get a second one of these Dell monitors and then I will mount those on the left side of my desk and like that will solve my desk issues. The problem is I got that Dell monitor for so fucking cheap mm-hmm. that I'm now unwilling to but like so this the Dell monitor is like this. I don't know what the model number is, but it's like the 1441 that like everyone yeah. recommends is like a nice middle of the road one. Um and it like retails for like four four fifty. Um, like if you just want to go buy it right now, that's what you're gonna get it. Well, Best Buy had an open box one that was like listed as in very good condition. Best Buy would back it with a warranty for two forty or something like that. Or I got it for like two seventy, like Hell shipped, yeah. like an incredible deal in which. The most the most likely scenario was going to be that like this had a dead pixel on it, which is why it was so cheap, right. and that I was going to ultimately send it back. But it was worth a shot. Got it. No dead pixels. Monitor is fucking perfect. Fucking it just amazing. didn't come with anything. No cables. Nothing. It was just the <laughs> monitor is here. Hope you like it. And then I, you know, I just bought the rest of the stuff on you know uh, mono price or whatever, and like it's been perfect. But now I'm spoiled, and I'm like, I don't need three monitors. Why would I mount this shitty old Dell monitor? I need a second one of those. Mm-hmm. But I paid two two fifty for it the first time, and now I'm confronted with paying five hundred for it the second time. So now I'm just every day I wake up and I just check like BestBuy.com to see what they're like open. <laughs> what the and it's open currently boxes? like three seventy. I was like, is that cheap enough? Can I go cheaper? Yep. Because then I want to buy real sound. I want to get real speakers for my uh, computer setup, um, but I don't. Oh, I can make some recommendations. Actually, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Darius could probably make some real recommendations. <laughs> um, I don't have speakers. I feel like just I haven't phones? had a computer that I've had speakers for that weren't integrated, like a laptop or something, for example. Yeah, right. Because yeah, well, I mean, this Dell does not have everything. this Dell doesn't have speakers. Neither of my Dells have speakers, right? So right. I have to have an external ones, and I've I've cheaped out on those because I didn't really I didn't do enough PC gaming, cinematic PC gaming, to care. But now I'm spending more time with the new PC that it's like, oh, well, I should probably go spend two, three hundred bucks on decent speakers to to go with it. I feel like anyway. I just always default to wanting headphones for stereo stuff because, I don't know, it feels easier to like tell when things are. I like wear headphones you. for so much of my job related That's- things that I don't want to wear fucking headphones at night. Um, that's, that's fair. Is, is, is like after like podcasting and streaming, it's like, it, I, 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 I'm like the headphones I'm using now are like not the most comfortable things in the mm. world. It's the PlayStation, like 3d audio ones, but th- that put that aside, like even with the most comfortable ones at night when like my day is done, like I, I like having just like the big sound, like sweep right. over me through speakers. Um, and so I would still want that for my my computer at some point i played a i played a bit of elden ring on my tv in my living room through my steam link Mm. couldn't do it it was too too sad the encoding on that is not great when you're going from 1080 to a 4k tv that is probably 
close. No, that's my, not my room is very steam, that narrow. That is not what the Steam Link is made for. No, it is not. It was unfortunate because I would love to see what it looks like out there, but I don't have a cable long enough to move. Just gotta. I had in my an old San Francisco apartment. I just bought like a forty foot HDMI cable. Yeah, like how much footage are you looking to cover, Kata? Longer than my forty footer, I think. Well, okay. the issue, the real issue is con- is connectivity, is connection. I don't have a wireless controller. I think I could plug in, unless I guess mm. I could technically plug in a PS Five controller and do some yeah. magic shit. Does this thing have Bluetooth on it? That was the original thing. My personal computer didn't. I didn't. I didn't buy a Bluetooth card when I bought this computer, like in twenty seventeen or whatever. Um, but now I've stolen the office gaming computer, which has Bluetooth on it. So now, I guess I could just connect a PS five controller Do that, to get it. Get a seventy five foot HDMI cable and live the. Life. I have the HDMI. That was the only. The HDMI was wow. fine. The issue was how do I control the computer from another room? Yeah. Uh, and it was like, oh, my my personal computer doesn't have Bluetooth, a Bluetooth card. I probably could have shelled for that, but like I never got around to it or whatever. It was like, fuck it. I have the Steam Link. That'll work for some of the games I want to play in my living room. But really, I'm now realizing with this new machine, or you just, I could just I, play I outside. I'm sure my PC has a Bluetooth. The new one has Bluetooth in it. Or, I mean, like the dongle that just acts as like a receiver for an Xbox controller is like, it doesn't cost that much money. I will say my PC has my PC has Bluetooth, but for whatever reason, the Bluetooth seems to suck. Yeah, like this this is the thing is like some devices seem to have like really guess, good signal strength, and some do not. Huh? This is just a little. This is just what the Xbox controller syncs up to. Works like a charm. Never drops. Interesting. Um, okay. It costs yeah. like I'm pulling out of my ass, but like twenty bucks. Like it's like you know, and it, then you don't have to deal with Bluetooth because yeah, Bluetooth is more there's less reliable. Yeah. Way. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean it's, but to to the point though about like sound, I I will say like I started to worry about just how much time I was wearing headphones. Um, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like be just like like getting that little that that little that little concern about like how much can one wear headphones just on the regular before you just have to by default start worrying a little bit about hearing loss. Yeah. Um, I think you got to really also start like you think that's too soft. Just leave it there for a bit. You might get used to it, even though it sounds too soft at first. It might be the right. It might actually be the right volume. But Uh, of course, there is the problem that we like things like that. Like we think louder is better. Like the minute like you turn something up, you're like, hey, this this started to sound really good to me. Um, which yeah, it's. I've had uh, to be careful because yeah. yeah, of this job because I'm listening to so much audio and editing the podcast. It's like I How did leave you get it the hearing loss while softer. Patrick keeps yelling into his microphone. And <laughs> my my, my father in law told told a story once because uh, you know he's always been this guy. He's always been sort of an audiophile, but like he hot rotted over the ear giant like studio monitor style headphones uh like years and years ago. And boosted their power so much, he said at one point, charge was arcing, um, like over a piece of the, uh, like the 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 metal uh, headgear. Oh my god! Um, and he's like, it was awesome. <laughs> the hearing loss is profound. I will yeah. just say yeah. that is like it's like they're like 
all that came at a price. Uh, but like, so that, that's my cautionary, that's my cautionary tale about like, um, headphones actually, if anything, they, they give you an opportunity of being isolated in there. Yeah. Turn it down. Just turn, let, just turn it down. let your ears adjust. Relax. They will. It's kind of um, like letting your eyes adjust to the dark. It does happen. You will get yeah, used to it. You'll get and there. And you will you'll not damage your ears. Have you all ever worn or seen those, uh, concert earplugs? Yeah. They're like, it's like an earplug that apparently just dampens, but doesn't, but still lets music in clear enough that it does. It's not fucking with supposedly the sound like that sounds, I don't understand how those work. That seems neat. I might just need to get those for my daily life. (laughs) Too much headphone use. Yep. Uh, certainly like, uh, the, the concert experience, like, yeah, when I, when I used to go to like more shows, I was always sort of taken aback how like a day later my ears would still be ringing. The next morning you're just like, oh, yeah. that's, um, that's disconcerting. <laughs> why, why yeah. is it still, why does the, the world still sound like I'm listening right. through a fucking cup on a wall? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Hope this isn't permanent. Yeah. Uh, oh. And maybe, and, and maybe it wasn't, or maybe you just stopped noticing. Who can say? Uh, <laughs> but what I will say is we need to take a break here, uh, pay some bills, and we'll be back uh, in the second half of the show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And we're back. Uh, Patrick, I saw some odd posts, tweets about there being a labor action at Nintendo or accusations of a uh, like retribution firing uh, for someone trying to organize the Nintendo of America. Um, any like wh- what's what's going on there? Because it, 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 if there's labor unrest, it seems like very quiet labor unrest. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Axios, uh, Steve Dottillo over there broke um, uh, the filing of a complaint with the National Labor Relations Board um, last week um, in which and – I'll, and I'll quote the piece from, from Axios here. Um, the allegations state that Nintendo of America and global hiring firm Aston Carter engaged in, quote, concerted activities and made, quote, coercive actions uh, against a worker interfering with their legally protected right um, to organize. Um, like the exact – Allegations here are uh, like a little bit unclear, um, as Axis points out. Um, it, it says uh, the indicates the allegations would like to include claims of surveillance, threats, retaliation, either a layoff or refusal to hire. Um, I mean, the long and short of it seems to be like were there whispers about unionizing within uh, a contract? So I should point out, Aston Carter is a contracting firm that Nintendo of America works with. Um, very common for all sorts of companies, video games or not, to outsource the, like, 
some of the toughest work um, to uh, contractors because they are more manipulatable um, on a go ahead. Well, is this one of those deals where because I because I am very familiar with an arrangement where you technically work for a contracting firm, but effectively you're, you never interface with anyone there and your day to day like command and control is from the company. Uh, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to, hard to yeah. know. Um, you know, my conversations with since this hit, I've had a like, conversation with various folks that have contracted with Nintendo over the years. And it sort of depends because they're like different vendors. Right. And so um, uh, D- D- Aston Carter is not the exclusive contracting firm that Nintendo or any other company works with. And so you're um, how much interfacing you do with the pro- like the the company that like your contracting firm is contracting with can depend based on like what work you're doing for them and um, which contracting firm you're working with. But um, uh, uh, Axios points out in this case, it looks like Aston Carter was uh, recruiting for customer service and administrative contractors for Nintendo. Um, uh, the the kind of, the kind of the allegation here is that maybe there was some discussion of union activity and that Nintendo fired someone as a result of that conversation, which would not be out of step with what we've seen Um over the uh, you know burgeoning uh, unionization happening at Star, like Starbucks in particular, has been like multiple times has just conveniently fired people that have been organizing. A lot of the organizing has been happening in New York. That happened very famously with the uh, the actual like successful unionization effort at an Amazon factory just recently. Um, Nintendo has since put out a statement um, in which they said. Uh, quote, we are aware of the claim, which was filed with the National Labor Relations Board by a contractor who was previously terminated for the disclosure of confidential information and for no other reason. Nintendo is not aware of any attempts to unionize or related activity and intends to cooperate with the investigation conducted by the NLRB. Nintendo is fully committed to providing a welcoming and supportive work environment for all our employees and contractors. We take matters of employment very seriously. Um, so essentially they're saying they were fired because they... Who knows whether that's like sharing something with a friend or posting on social media, but essentially sharing information related to some project they were working on as part of their contractor status and not because they, I don't know, something related to unionization. You know, hard to, of course, they're going to say that. So yeah. I think mm-hmm. there's like a reason to be cynical. That is what you would, that is what you would write if you were the crisis firm, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, working with uh, Nintendo is that. No, like find some other reason that you were upset with them and say that while this the investigative part of the uh, the NLRB, my understanding is like that can take a long time to play out. Like that's an investigation that can take months, half a year. Um, so this may be absent the person who filed the complaint the last we hear of it until they file their report again, like unless someone else comes forward to discuss what actually uh, occurred. But um it's interesting. I mean, cause I've, I've since then, like I asked for folks to reach out if they'd work with Nintendo and like, I can't really share specifics cause I haven't like gone down the list with those people on what I could, but like, like shock and awe, I, uh, being a contractor mostly sucks. Um, like, uh, you are treated poorly. You are treated as though you are expendable. That is why you are a contractor. That's why the contractor status Mm -hmm. exists. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of people discussing how difficult it was to move from a contractor to a full-time in-house employee, that it basically doesn't happen. Um, These are not things that I think are unique to Nintendo, but I think Nintendo specifically, much like a Disney, operates as though it has a squeaky clean, we love, we're great. It's awesome, awesome to work here. And that's what I heard frequently from workers is that Nintendo's line would be 
we're Nintendo. Aren't you happy to work here? Um, and not because your job is great, but because we're Nintendo, it's, we'll find someone else that wants to work at Nintendo. And they're probably right. Um, but that is not justification to treat people like shit. Yeah, that is, uh, that in particular is such a familiar song and dance of like, um, especially cynical when places hold out the like, well, maybe if you're very good, uh, someday mm-hmm. you will achieve, uh, you know, full-time status. You can be a real boy. You happens. can be an employee. Yeah. <laughs> um, like there were like, I worked places where like that was a, it was like winning the congressional medal of honor is how much it fucking happened. Right. Where it was like, see, see that guy over there. He used to be a contractor like you, but, but now he's a full timer. Uh, and it's like, Ooh, how did you do it? And it's like, well, I kissed ass for a decade and like, that's, that's kind of how it would, how it would shake out. There was one, there was one time, um, when I worked at Ziv Davis back in the, I don't, I'm going to keep the, the specifics of this vague because I don't remember exactly like which magazine or like how it played, like exactly all the details, but basically an internship would just keep getting extended Mm -hmm. so they could keep paying an intern at intern levels without extending them to full time until it got legal, like a legal threat became involved over like hire this person or let them go. You are, you are, this is essentially like slave labor. Like you can't just keep doing this under the internship program. And I think they eventually hired them as a like staff writer, but like only under threat of you're not allowed to do this any, anymore. (laughs) So like, ah, you can just be an intern for another month. It's like, no, that's not the way like internships are already exploitative. Um, I I remember in like, like the first year MK was in grad school. I'm attending like a, uh, backyard, like picnic cookout type thing with a bunch of grad students, uh, in this program. And like, they were congratulating this one guy because he just gotten out of a weird situation. And by weird situation, I mean, his thesis advisor uh, refused to ever give them their doctorate. Just never, never moved them through. What do, you, what do you mean? Like filing like official paperwork that says. So this is the thing. Yada, yada. No, 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 no. Academia is operates like a medieval guild in a lot of ways. Like basically it wasn't like a like. If your thesis advisor does not accept your thesis, uh, you're just kind of stuck in limbo. You're like, well, I guess I continue to be a grad student until they eventually accept my thesis uh, and like move me to like, uh, you know, ABD status uh, and then like do the thesis defense. And and then I graduate with a doctorate and I move, move through. But the there's an honor system part of this, which is that the thesis advisor is theoretically making a good faith effort to like teach you the ropes and, you know, bring you into the discipline. The problem is that grad students are cheap labor and a good grad student is like an expert technician, uh, expert, like personal assistant, an an expert uh, administrator, maybe all three and losing a good one sucks. And so wouldn't it be better if they just never became a like a, a PhD? And so that had been a situation where like, you know, I'm hearing this story is our, you know, again, early in grad school. And believe me, this set the fucking stage, mm-hmm. uh, though, though things moved along different axes. But like, yeah, people were talking about like, yeah, it's so good. You know, we could 
work to sort that issue out. And sorting that issue out basically meant like drumming up support from everywhere else in the department to bust this guy out of doctoral jail, essentially. Wow. Like where the other professors in the department are kind of intervening and the department head uh, is intervening to be like, hey, you can't actually do this. Like this, this person has completed their studies. Like it's, you have to let them go. Um, and besides it, like, and this is what makes it especially egregious there. If you want to exploit, if you want to exploit labor, there's postdocs for that. Like <laughs> you, just, you can we only exploit system. them slightly less, <laughs> but like, it's not like academia isn't rife with opportunities to completely host people who do have the credentials. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even that it was like, mm, no, I like, I like this person who only costs uh, a pittance. Uh, as opposed to somebody who would be making uh, like barely above poverty line in Cambridge. Um, so like that's kind of like, you know, that's that's there are any any institution where things like this are possible. I uh, either via like contractor status or like uh, like a place where there's not a clear path to getting credentialed. Uh, right. People exploit those those status uh, situations for as long as they humanly can. Right. And so, you know, I think that's, that is an extension of like, what is like, you know, without further details, um, even if it like turns out that Nintendo's statement on its face is like broadly telling the truth. I I think in in, uh, talking to a handful of people, it's like, okay, well maybe, maybe in this specific scenario, it's a little quirky um, and weird, but also, like the reason you have contracting firms is because you don't want to deal with like the messiness that comes with actually having employees and a process and things like that. Contractors are easier to just completely fuck over. Um. Oh, I I should mention just uh you know unrelated grad students at MIT voted for me union uh like nice. earlier this month. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Um, you can do that. That's awesome. Good for them. Well, it, it, like this is a multi-year effort. Like grad student unionization uh, at the like Boston area universities is a thing that has been sort of percolating for as long as I've lived out here. Uh, because like it was bad when we came out here uh, in like the late 2000s. And like you can only imagine, it's, you know, everything's gotten more expensive. Everything's gotten yeah. uh, harder. It's gotten worse. Um and so, like it, it, it finally seems to have gone through uh, this month with a with a unionization effort uh, being recognized. Um, so, you know, hopefully that's just the beginning, because uh, like every university, pretty much in the area, kind of like exploits similar dynamics. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, and then related, of course, there's the fact that like you know, staff in these places are also wildly underpaid. Uh, and exploited so uh, you know it's hopefully today the grad students tomorrow everyone <laughs> tomorrow the world uh, but but yeah it's um, I mean it does seem like there it really feels like there is something in the water you know like I mean, Starbucks yeah. unions keep going Apple just had its first like retail store unionize you know maybe I'm like choosing to be optimistic and a world that like there's plenty of reason to be pessimistic but in this particular corner, it does feel like we'll look back in 10 years and hopefully like, wow, like that really was the start of something. Um, You know, how transformative it ends up being, I don't know, but it does feel like there's, there is a moment for unionization 
and like mobilization happening that um it's like building on successes i think that's also part of the problem is like uh i think it's it's addictive to be part of a thing that can work and that's what like is part of like what makes it so frustrating to be part of other sorts of efforts where you feel like you're pushing a giant boulder up a mountain it's like i want to fight climate change like okay how what can i do whereas like oh shit like you can organize your local starbucks all right like right it's not the whole boulder but damn it feels good and then it inspires other people to do the same thing because it turns out you can do it it's like achievable and it like makes a difference um and then you watch a starbucks ceo fucking floundering at like (laughs) town hall meetings it rules yeah um yeah so hopefully that that stuff i want to see doug bowser Upset over at oh Nintendo God. Omega. Make oh Dunk Bowser. <laughs> we have collectivized the treehouse, comrades. <laughs> uh, this is now the people's treehouse. Look, there's already even <laughs> company specific, like Bowser, like put his head on a fucking Bowser body, like on signs and shit. It's done. It's already there. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> let's go. I want to go. Like, can I go? Let's, let's all, let's, we'll make our signs and go outside yeah. of. Are they in well, Redmond or whatever? Well, you're not. You guys. Y'all. No, I'm already in a union. I'm <laughs> good. Yeah, good. My slogan's pretty long, but uh, we're workshopping it. <laughs> well, and I suppose that's the other thing. Is like whether or not, whatever, like wherever things stand as far as like whether there's a active and significant like union movement underway at Nintendo, chances are labor conditions at Nintendo are not materially better. Uh, than you find in a lot of other places and right, like yeah. that there's a a class of worker that could really benefit from uh like collective action uh much as you find throughout the industry and and so yeah um yeah nationalize nationalize the treehouse that's uh <laughs> that's 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 my that's my recommendation um so as far as stuff people have been playing um oh just side note this Cheryl Sandberg, Bobby Kotick thing is wild. Dude. What? That they were dating? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And recently, not like, oh, 10 years ago. Like, no, from 2016 to 2019. It's like, like in over what? one presidential term ago. I thought it was unrealistic <laughs> when a similar subplot happened on Billions, but apparently, like, eventually, <laughs> like, you, you eventually just, like, people do date within their group and sometimes your group is just uh you know billionaires with well, and it's blurry look, moral um, lines <sighs> do i want bobby Kodak? do i think bobby Kodak deserves like you know some massive golden parachute absolutely not but one of the side effects of like a merger this big scrutiny being applied is like this story doesn't come out absent all this other stuff occurring right. like the wall street journal is not digging around to find a connection between Activision Blizzard and Meta, you know, slash Facebook executives like that comes out because reporters are like, all right, what kind of the what kind of what other dirt can we find? And like, uh, so it's just it's great. I guess saw that and just smiled. I mean, it's terrible. Um, but also it's like, hey, you know what? I love the fact that he wakes up every day is having to field comments and requests for comment from reporters at different places. And the Wall Street Journal, a conservative leaning publication, have a lot of problems with. And yet. They've done a lot of really good reporting on this like topic specifically um, that yeah. has really turned the screws to Activision Blizzard in a way that I I'm appreciative of both as a reporter and also just as a someone who wa- wants to watch him eat shit. <laughs> yeah, and like and, and to be clear, like I mean, what we're talking about is there are 
long-standing allegations. There have been lawsuits around uh, Bobby Kotick being an abusive harasser. Uh, yeah. But there, while uh, he and uh, Facebook COO uh, Sheryl Sandberg were dating, apparently the Daily Mail was going to report about a uh, restraining, restraining order. order. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, filed against him by his ex. And apparently, like Sandberg tried to intervene to uh, crush the story. Um, you know, it's Ugh. it seems like there's it seems like there's emails on record. Like the paper trail seems uh, pretty strong, but uh, yeah, it's it's like a sign of especially because Sandberg was sort of famously a self-styled like feminist icon, right? Or had decided. Mm-hmm. She was a feminist icon by she's virtue. The, she's of the lean. Me. She's the lean forward, right? Yeah, lean in, right? Lean in, um, right? Like, because, like, by virtue of being present and a participant in uh, the the <laughs> the massive corrupt scheme that we know Facebook was, mm. uh, it was you know she. The most girl boss thing you can do is being present in the rooms of power in which you do bad things. <laughs> as long as we're diverse about. The power that is doing the bad thing. Look, the military would just be better if women were bombing people in the Middle East instead. See this, and this is why Billions is so progressive um, as as a series. Is that a good show? I like the cast. It's a great cast. Uh, is it a good show? It's a fun show, is what you're saying. Yes, it's um, you know, it's Brian Koppelman, uh, so you kind of know what you're what you're getting. Yeah. Uh, but it's like corridors of power but like still the sensibility of rounders in a lot of way it is well it seems like paul giamatti chewing a lot of scenery oh my like, god so on end which sounds great so much damien lewis uh just like shredding like through lewis. it yeah um it's it it is it is good i think the the thing that started to turn me off on it was like the minute the thing becomes self-aware of its status as like a cult hit or like a yeah a thing that is um wildly popular that is becoming like a hot topic in and of itself. Like it started getting way too cutesy, like way too many celebrity chef cameos dropping in. Hey, Hey X, what's up? Uh, and it's like, See, it's just like, it's I watched the, the line that like successions. I haven't watched the most recent seasons, but like succession exists in that same, but like, yeah, but succession has, universe, like, has done it, has done a better job of like, look, we're going to lean into like, the queer subtext of this show for like the, like for people to talk about it on Twitter, but not so much reflected in like what you're speaking to on billions. Yeah, no, I think, I think like succession committed to when the chips are down, this can be a really painful family drama. And when the chips are down for billions, it is a ridiculous popcorn soap uh, is like, that's, that's where the two things go. Um, Billions has its moments, but, uh, yeah, but but the point is like they're, they're uh, like it, one of its theses is that like, man, you know, power and wealth uh, can be feminine. It can be non-binary <laughs> and that doesn't mean it's good. Uh, it's it's like watch how rapidly your values and like uh-huh. the things that shaped you as a marginalized person just melt like a, a hot wax under an acetylene torch the minute like millions and billions are on the line um and that's and and that's kind of billions also um did you ever watch this no i just i've seen a single scene from it because yeah the netrunner the (laughs) The netrunner scene yeah there's a netrunner bit 
they play mm-hmm. by the rules. It like actually works, and like the dialogue works in a way where like I assume yeah. someone who doesn't know Netrunner it was just like, oh, they're changing could this, this game. Be horny? Oh yes. It oh could. yeah, actually, <laughs> it could be. All of those things made absolute sense in the way that yep. you play Netrunner, but also just like uh, anyone who's like picking Netrunner as a game to like include in this is like, oh okay, they understand that these like yeah these powerful people are kind of like you know shitheads right even if it's like leaning into some of that uh like we what yeah what you were saying you can be diverse in uh in in the boardroom but it's still shitty <laughs> yeah um but yeah i just just a wild story uh that emerges from from the margins of this as like um i i will say like you know it it there was a lot there that probably should have been more part of the regular public discussion of Bobby Kotick. Um, but also the degree to which like, wow, like he's just, he has been that guy uh, and increasingly so over recent years yeah. and like pulling in his like, you know, billionaire pals uh, where it turns into like fucking Omerta shit um, when, when it comes to what, what they've gotten up to. So, uh, it was interesting seeing that story, uh, that story break, you know, is I guess, you know, that maybe sets up something I've been playing a bit lately. When you talk about like, um, you know, the capitalist dystopia, uh, aspects of this and the people end up serving it. I'm playing a bit of Chinatown De- detective agency. Uh, and that is a, uh, well, it's a point and click adventure on game pass. um, and I've only played a little bit. It's got a really cool vibe and a great intro. Um, you know, it's it's it looks if you like if you like the style of like Wadget Eye games, which were very good at adapting mm-hmm. like um, sort of noir and cyberpunk trappings to like classic pixel art uh, presentation. I love watching trailers for every single one of those games, telling myself I think I should play that, mm-hmm. and then never doing. <laughs> And then there's a new one six months later because that studio, which is like mostly just a guy, I think, um, just cranks out games at such an incredible pace. I, I think less so. So it used to be, yeah, like uh, David Gilbert okay. uh, would yes. just like churn this stuff and churns the wrong the wrong word. Like yeah, the stuff yeah, yeah. he touched tended to be like really, really good. I think they have pivoted to doing more publishing. Um, gotcha. How do you think of Ron Gilbert? Yeah, I'm, I'm a, we're in the right space. I could, and I was like, wait a second. See, I can see the expression. It's like, <laughs> nope, I do it every time. I'm like, wait. Different Gilbert. Did I, did I mix are them up? Are they related? No. Just like. Uh, a, no. No. Two, no, no, two Gilberts not. in the uh, adventure game space. Funny. Okay. <laughs> so the thing is, like, the, the, the hook is that you are a private eye in near future uh, Singapore. And you are tapped at the start of the game to start working for some of the elites in the city. Uh, But the thing that happens at the very first, like in the opening of the game, is that humanity, you know, nothing. there's nothing terribly new here. But humanity is like, you know what we're going to do? Sentient AI. Mm. Um. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're starting to wrestle with the fact that, like, the sentient AI is making some value judgments about humanity. Um, mm. And 
like drawing conclusions. And so like if you read, like they're great. Like actually humanity deserves to be saved. Um, yeah, we love them. We love these humans. Love humans. That, yes. The, so the <laughs> really cool intro of like someone run, like taking a night run through, uh, Singapore with, uh, you know, that wild hotel complex that they, they, they've got there. That's got like the, the fake boat, uh, on top of them connecting all three of the towers. Uh, like it's really good. It's really evocative. But the, the implication is that like, you know, quietly like rumbling beneath the surf, the, the, the surface here, there seems to be the possibility that uh, the AIs are collectively sort of reaching the conclusion that like humanity's got to go uh, he, like humanity's bad news shocks. Um, but in the meantime, you're also dealing with, uh, you know, kind of Illuminati, Illuminati type shit. Uh, you know, as you sort of deal with the, you know, network of billionaires who effectively run Singapore, but there's a lot of really good world building here where it's, um, it is really tied to the history of, uh, Singapore, but also like the Southeast Asia and Pacific Rim more broadly, like not just the inter- not just the colonialism of it, but the intersection of like the different political and cultural movements, especially as as direct colonial role receded. Um, it's very much like tapped into that to give it context, but also it does some good good work uh, sort of wrestling with the fact like what's the world going to look like as uh, climate change takes its toll and these sort of endemic uh, like socioeconomic issues don't get fixed. And I think the thing the game does that's very, very clever is, you know, sort of projecting forward, you know, 15 years, the world's going to mostly look the same. It's just things are going to be a little bit worse uh, in, in every respect. And like a lot of things that we take for granted will become increasingly like, privileges reserved for the very very wealthy all this is cool uh i i dig the i dig the setting i dig the art um i don't know the characters very well the issue i'm having so like i'm 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 early in the game uh the the thing i'd say is that so far like some of the puzzles you're uncovering uh some of the things the game is asking you to do are just not terribly interesting. You know what I mean? Like mm. the visual novel version of this might be more interesting than the adventure game I'm playing in time at, at places where like in a whole bunch of places you have to do a hacking mini game. And it's just, can you match this symbol with the symbol on a tile grid? Right. So it's like, remember, you know, where these two things correspond and then eventually pick them and you've, you've hacked the lock um, you have to decode a thing and it just basically means, can you like, there's no, there's actually no decoding required. You already have all the book code values, uh, for taking a message. So you're just like matching a string of numbers to what they come out to in an alphabet. Um, and like, there's nothing to think about there. You just sort of have to stare at the screen and, 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 and work through this. Um, and then like, Weirdly enough, in the in the second case they give you, there's a whole bunch of like <laughs> you have to like figure out where some rare stamps uh came from. And it's kind of a Carmen San Diego level challenge where it's like, where in the world did this uh stamp come from? 
And it's like a picture of the uh, Hagia Sophia. And it's got like Ottomans in in the. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, hmm, where could this possibly have come from? Um, You know, or (laughs) the next one you get is uh, got like the Greek alphabet on it. And it's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I know where the stamp originates from. And that. Like, that's kind of my concern right now is every time it's tried to do, like, adventure game stuff, it's kind of whiffing in terms of, like, coming up with a a satisfying way to interact with it. Um, And so, really, it's, like, way more vibe uh, that's pulling me through uh, rather than sort of the the puzzles themselves. I'm also a little bit torn on a huge, like, when I said the, the Carmen Sandiego thing in particular, it's, like, you do a whole lot of ah to solve this case, you have to fly from Singapore to somewhere else in the world. And there's no sense that like, well, this seems a little extreme for what you're being asked to do. <laughs> like this is a this is a well, it seems I would have just ha- hopped on the phone. There's there's no sense of like it's pretty wild you're solving some of these cases, like flying halfway around the world to like go talk to one person for two minutes in a city. And then, like, fly back to Singapore. Peace out. Wow. Yeah. Um, and, like, it, like, I think it's central to what the game is kind of doing, which is trying to indicate that, like, this sort of global society exists. Uh, and that, like, especially for a place like Singapore, uh, there's, like, the local, but the world as sort of a crossroads and a financial hub. Uh, to an extent, like in some ways, the rest of the world is not that far mentally from right. Singapore. Uh, I think that's sort of key to its to to what it's doing. But at the same time, like every time a case resolves with like, okay, just hop on this plane and go to like Istanbul uh, for like to do a thing that takes like literally thirty seconds. Uh, every time that happens, it's kind of jarring, right? Where it's mm. like, well, it's, it doesn't even feel like the journey itself is dramatic. Um, Who's paying you that much? Like, how are you covering these costs? You're horrible clients. Yeah. Is it, um, uh, this is what I mean, though. Is like, are they really charging that? Like, I don't know. It seems like, when, like, I don't know what the scales are here. It feels like it, they don't demonstrate that very well. If it just feels like, oh, that seems weird. Right. Well, traveling. That's that the other thing it. is like, you are not being paid very much. So, like, on the one hand, you're struggling PI and sort of a shitty, shabby office. Yeah. And on the other hand, you are working for the fucking trilateral commission effectively, <laughs> right? Where it's like, oh yeah, you know, money's no object. But then when like a librarian asks to, for like 300 bucks for a bribe that hurt, like you, you have a little cash balance right? and like 300 bucks is not cheap mm-hmm. uh, when that happens. And so you, yeah, you have this weird thing where like on the one hand, your character kind of like balks at some of these prices, but then on you know, on, on the other hand, uh, you can fly anywhere in the world for like five hundred dollars. Um, and yeah, it's it, it's kind of a it's kind of a weird sense of of how the world like of of how this world comes together uh, and the you know the the economics of it. Um, uh, it's yeah. Well, I had a question because like, uh, having just played Norco, like. The like individual direct actions in that game aren't particularly uh complicated as like puzzle steps. But 
Mm-hmm. There are some sequences where there's more like an uh, you have to kind of take a more intuitive stance of like going to certain places in order to find the right thing to move forward. Uh, like on that like step up from like I'm doing a, a puzzle on a single screen to the like more meta like this is an adventure game and sometimes to move forward I have to like go to different places to collect something and then move forward. Is any of that? more interesting as far as adventure game like structure goes or is it also like failing kind of falling kind of flat on that on that level as well i would say it's falling a little bit flat Mm. um but you know it's early enough that like you like i want to play a bit more because i know that there's some turns coming Mm. right like some of the people i'm i'm working with i know are going to turn out to be like evil or will turn against you or maybe we'll like actually introduced me now that I've proven myself to the real case, uh, the real cases at the heart of the game. Um, I am hopeful that there's going to be more, both more interesting sequences in terms of like their, their narrative purpose and the way they're carried off. And mm-hmm. then, and then maybe my ways of like uh, existing within them and in relation to them, I'll be more interesting. But at the moment it's a little bit, it's a little bit flat. And I think maybe it, it, it stems from, the, I think maybe it stems from the fact that I was actually, I'm calling it a point and click adventure because that's how it's presenting itself. Right. You guys got the screenshots in front of you? Uh, let, me like, just, let me just send Steam? over the Steam yeah. page. Yeah. So the thing is where this, like, it's not actually point and click. I'm just talking about the presentation. But actually you sort of see it's got every screenshot has this, L-shaped interface where you have a phone interface and then like a PDA interface on the bottom row. Mm-hmm. And so far, actually, the game, like there's no pixel hunt shit here at all. It's mostly use your phone to talk to people. Um, book flights in your flight booking app to travel a place to like turn in quests and like complete missions. Open the map to travel around Singapore uh, and like go talk to major characters, but actually where it's reserving a lot of it's like the, the way you are solving puzzles is actually more through a, uh, text entry system where like you occasionally go to a computer and you have to type in the exact search term. Hmm. And so like, uh, an early puzzle is like, so where did the stamp come from? That's the easy part. You're like, it's fucking Ottoman stamp. Like yeah. it's got the government name right there. The harder part is where did the postal stamp come from on it? Where the, where it was voided? Mm-hmm. Um, who did that? And you only got a partial imprint of that postal stamp. And so you have to figure out like, okay, well, where was the point of origination for this? Like uh, for the stamp. And, once you solve that, when you turn in the quest, the guy's like, oh, do you know where this is sent? Well, you type in the name of the city. And that's how the game, like, you know when you cracked a code because you've typed in through the text entry system what the message is. Uh, you know, you know you've solved the puzzle because you've typed in the name of the author who wrote the book you were looking up. And that's kind of what the game is relying on. And so they're, you know, apparently they're, they're better puzzles, at least, are very much aimed at this notion of, like, uh, well, you go and research on your phone mm-hmm. uh, and figure out like where a place uh, like what's being referred to here. And so that's kind of the solution. So like, I guess maybe this is the funny thing is that 
the pixel art and those beautiful landscapes and all that are actually pretty non-interactive for the most part. Mm. You can go around and examine things and you'll get, you'll pull up flavor text. But the thing this game is not is like use object on other object until eventually the game sort of breaks open for you. Uh, It's, it's really not going for that. And I think there's, I think it moves it along at a brisker pace and maybe makes some of it less annoying. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not sure they've completely built something satisfying in place of like adventure game convention. Mm. I might also just be, you know, too clever for this game. <laughs> it's like seeing one review that was Nailed like, man, it. that, that cancel, that cancel stamp was so hard. And it's like, not if you know the conditions of the breakup of the Ottoman empire. Wow. I'll be looking up a walkthrough. Don't worry. Uh, there's a whole bunch of things where it's like, this is a weird little search. And now, like, a week after the game came out, things are auto-completing to Chinatown Detective Agency. Like, weird, obscure thing, uh-huh. Chinatown uh-huh. Detective Agency, uh, as people are, are working through this. Uh, which is maybe also a sign of, like, maybe this game doing well uh, via Game Pass. Because, like, the search engines absolutely know now. People are looking for some weird shit in relation to this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're starting, they're pushing it now to sort of the top of the results. Uh, RIP to anyone doing historical or geographic research in any of these areas uh, for the next <laughs> few years. So, yeah, that's uh, like, that's Chinatown Detective. You know, it's on Game Pass. Um, it's an easy enough thing to check out. I am a little bit concerned about the Game Pass build itself because, like, I had a hard crash. Um, it, like it completely locked up, and PC game pass? it's a game that. Pardon? Just PC Game Pass, or is it on the console too? Oh, it's on console. I was playing on an Xbox, okay. and that's that's the thing. Mm. I wonder about that Xbox build because it hard locked, and boy, did I curse the name of their autosave system at that point because I had to replay the entire chapter, oh. the entire chapter. Uh, to get back to where I've been. Um, and that's skipping through everything, you know, again, it won't take you that long to mm-hmm. recover that progress. But man, talk about a vibe killer. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, it's from General Interactive Company. It's you know published by Humble Games. Um, I I dig it, um, but I'm I'm curious to see a bit more. Might jump in to take a look at some stamps. <laughs> um so that's what i've been that's what i've been up to uh and else got stuff they've been looking at uh yeah this week i i posted a review of uh the play date the the crank yeah. based handheld from uh yeah. panic they've been around for decades mostly as a like top tier mac software developer um and then I don't know, five, six years ago, they got into publishing. Transmit? Transmit Panic? Yeah, that's, uh, Transmit's FTP, right? That's a. Yeah, that's an FTP, like a, a FT, that, oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah I used to use com- that yeah, shit right. in like uh, high school for like uh, web design projects and just like my brain was like, oh, what? Right. Yes, they, they are. They're they're best known for like productivity apps for the Mac for like specialized use. Like, do you want <laughs> a really slick FTP client? Because I used to use trans, uh, tr- uh, yeah. the same software years ago um, when I was like uploading things for like Giant Bomb and I was working off a Mac all the time. And so I 
ended up paying for for that. So like that, yeah, that's what they've been doing for decades. And then I don't know, five six years ago, they got into game publishing. Their first game was Firewatch, um, and then they published uh, Untitled Goose Game, um, and then uh, their like most ambitious thing. Those games, they just sort of, I don't know how the funding works out or what if they paid for that whatever they published those they didn't make those games um uh, the, whereas the play date is this little handheld um that they absolutely made um in collaboration with a bunch of developers making games for it and it really looks like if you're familiar with um like the 90s uh play it loud marketing campaign that nintendo did for the game boy color um in which they then produced a bunch of different Game Boy Color variants uh, on, like, weird colors, see-through, like, uh, stuff. Um, the the, the Playdate looks like a, a like a Game Boy Mini with a yellow yellowish-orange um, from that, that era, except that it has a crank on the side. Um, and, like, that's the, the big pitch with this, is that uh, their sort of, like, unique interface bit is that there's this crank that kind of neatly, like, folds into... The device I'm showing this. Patrick is holding up the device and um, moving, and the, then it comes out. Yeah, and you can you can turn it. There's no tension on it. It I, I think as I wrote my review, it feels as though it will fall off at any moment and also never break, which is like a very kind of weird sensation to articulate. But like you just move it, and it's like oh this thing's gonna fly off, and it's like there's oh, not a lot it of never will friction it feels like, or like no no friction whatsoever. Like turn, uh, huh? and that makes me. So curious to see how it holds up over, you know, right. I don't know, hundreds of hours of use um, as you kept it around. Um, there's a little neat little bit. Uh, the machine can detect if it's that the the crank's been put away. Uh-huh. And there is um, I've only encountered this with one game, but there's one game. I think it's called Omaze in which uh, you are. Uh, there's a bunch of circles. It's a puzzle game um, as you turn the crank. You are moving the circle, a little orb around the circle. And so a lot of the game is like getting that circle to the next circle. So it's like uh, there'll be like a little opening in one of the circles and you want to move the orb over there. You press a button. It moves to the next one. And there's various obstacles put in your in your way. Um, and I don't want to spoil exactly how it works, but essentially there's a mechanic that to manipulate one of the on-screen objects, you are putting the crank back into the device and then taking it out and then you are um like fun with uh, uh, in the standard um, mode of operation you are like rotating the crank clockwise to move the orb clockwise and then you're moving the crank counterclockwise if you're moving the orb counterclockwise but then a lot of the game is uh fucking with your brain in that like oh actually you're gonna do the reverse of that and then the reverse of that when you get to the next section so it's a lot of like okay like literally sounding out to myself Okay, I'm going to get to this this next circle, go counterclockwise 45 degrees. A, get to the next circle, go counterclockwise 60 degrees and like counting telling myself that so then I can like do that in like quick succession as I'm like jumping across these uh monochromatic uh little game of visuals. Omaze is is one of the the, the ones that my favorites on this. It's a um the other unique thing about the Playdate is that the screen is uh, it is black and white. It is extremely high res. It is gorgeous, but um, it is not backlit. Um, and so it is something that you need to play with some sort of light source. Mm. It does pretty well in low light situations. But like the most common time that I was messing around with it was 
uh, like on the couch, like watching TV or sports and the sun's gone down. We have a lamp in the room that does a decent job lighting that space, but I would have to adjust myself into a perfect position to like get enough light to hit it, that it made it comfortable enough to, to play with the device. It's like, it's very clearly an aesthetic choice. There doesn't seem to be Mm. any reason they couldn't have backlit it. There's a reason that when the game boy advance came out and people were like, boy, this is tough as shit to look at. Um, now this is a much better screen than the game boy advance. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember the original game boy and the game boy advance. There was a whole cottage industry of accessories that clipped onto the game boy to shine a light on the screen. Yeah. So you could play it at night <laughs> in bed without having to like turn the lights on in your room. Now, because this screen's a lot better, it doesn't require also, you're- that level of, there's one thing that those almost always also had, which was a wild yes. ass magnifier, <laughs> like that flipped up. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. just remember these weird. And then it didn't look good. It was a bad. It was a bad. No. It was not a no. Like very they well clip on. Like I mean, it's, glass. they don't clip on very well no. either. Don't like early Kindles have stuff like that too? Because yeah, the early I'm Kindles, sure. like the e-ink, wasn't wasn't backlit. Um, right. And so yeah. you you had to get light sources. It still if you isn't. Wanted to, I think they everything that or do but they, they have sell a like no, they, at this they're point? backlit now. Yeah, they are. I think they're backlit now. E- ink ones too. Yeah, oh. I think so. Yeah, damn. Yeah, okay. they have the technology now exists. Um, <laughs> um the other uh, game that I really liked. Uh, oh, what's the full name? Uh, it's from uh, Kita Takahashi, uh, the uh, designer of uh, Kanemaru uh, Damashi and uh, most recently Wadam. Um, that it's called uh Kranken's time travel adventure. Um, the way it works is you're like, you play this, this little dipshit that is like supposed to go on a date and they keep getting to the date late. And then your date, when you get to the end, either punches you suplexes you or runs away. They're just very upset at you. Like, please show up to the date on time. And the way the game works is that, um, you, the crank moves your body forward and backwards. And so, uh, as you turn the crank, you're essentially progressing the character's walking animation. That walking animation will then change into different animations. Like sometimes there's something you have to jump over or there is a flower that every time there's a flower on the screen, the character uh, leans down to to smell it. And so when you have different obstacles coming at you, like these, for whatever reason, extremely deadly, bu- de- uh, deadly butterflies, um, <laughs> you like want to like turn the crank really fast get your character in a position to like be ducking under the butterfly. Um, maybe uh, there's another one where you like jump up on a pole. And if, if you, if you get your character set just right on the pole in a certain part of the animation, their body separates. So there's like a gap between parts of them. And like, there are these objects that can then pass through you so that you can move forward. And so a lot of the game is manipulating the character forward backwards. Um, there's like some levels that I found extremely fun where like, you're literally just like, running the crank as fast as but like you're just going and like trying to get through parts of the level and then as soon as you see an object that you need to avoid like just stopping just and the crank is it stops on a dime the moment you let go of that your character pauses like in midair as you wait for like whatever weird object to to pass by it's really good i played like four hours of it it's like much Damn. longer than i expected it's a um much more uh sort of like in-depth uh gameplay experience than i was sort of uh, surmising because uh, there are 24 initial games. There's like a season pass with the play date. Mm. Um, they're doling them out two games at a time per week. They're all done. 
In fact, like I saw an interview with some of the Playdate folks that like some of these games have been done for like two years while they've like worked on the hardware side of it getting finalized. So they come preloaded um, on there? They come like, no, you, no mm. matter what you do, you can only get, basically once your Playdate is like turned on, connected to Wi-Fi, it'll open up two games on a select schedule per week over mm. the course of two months that begin as soon as you like your Playdate. Um, is kind of like connected and, and, and speaking to, to the internet. Um, and so, so you need you get tw- an internet connection. Uh, yeah, I don't know exactly. I, I think, ju- I think it probably preload. My guess is that it preloads all of them and mm-hmm. then it's just unlocking them as, right. as time, time goes on. Um, I don't know that specifically. Um, it doesn't seem like it needs to have an internet connection to like, you know, do any sort of fancy business other than just getting, getting itself set up. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I've I played all 24 games. They unlocked uh, them for me. It's kind of a mixed bag. There's like a handful of like action games that are kind of gimmicks for the the, the crank that are okay. But like, it's just like, do you want a high score chase? It's like one little gimmick we've come up with. And it's like, ah, eh, like not really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are games like Kranken or Omaze that are genuinely some of the cooler experiences I've had with a video game uh, this, this year in which it like justifies the crank as like a really... I don't know, maybe meaningful is too strong, but like, it's interesting. Like it's like an interesting way to interact with the game, Um, both for accessibility and for streaming reasons. There is like a, either a piece of software. I forget. I don't know exactly how it works, but there's a way you can like simulate, like it can kind of like simulate the, 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 the the play date on your screen and connect alternative controllers to it. So like you can control Mm. it with an Xbox controller and the crank can be used with, like an analog stick. I haven't done that. It seems like a less, like the tactile bit is sort of like, that's the pitch here. So my guess is the, those games maybe don't hold up to his. So you're uh, saying that in theory, in theory, we plug this in and I connect yeah. to you through Parsec and plug in an and Xbox you controller. Could, <laughs> and then you could play my play date. Yeah. From through, the in, internet. In theory, I don't, I, I, well, we could try. <laughs> we, we've had limited success with the gamepad support stuff in Parsec, mm, okay. but. Yeah, um, that's true. Because <laughs> we tried to do that in, uh, what was it, House of Ashes, and that uh, didn't didn't seem to work. Didn't but, seem to uh, like Yes, it, we yeah. should try that, because I think we're going to try streaming the play date next week. Um, and yes, we should, I, I will set it up when we should try that gimmick. <laughs> that seems, that seems very good. Um, and I guess the last thing I'd say is, uh, it is awkward to control, like, it is the game is at its best uh, or the machine is at its best and most ergonomic when I am just ho- holding the, the play date in one hand and I'm cranking with the other. There are times where the games involve pressing different buttons and sometimes pressing a button and doing the crank at the same time. So like I'm showing Robin Cow to this. It's like, like you can be like doing stuff like this uh-huh. where I'm just like, I'm like having to bring my thumb. You bring your little, yeah, your little off you're actually. Out of frame. We can't even oh, see it. There, there you we go. go. Like this, right? Where I'm like, try, I'm trying to stabilize the device with my left hand, like, but also reach across then, for the also reach across with right my side. thumb, yeah, to hit A and B, and then also using the crank to manipulate it. It's you know, and like, yeah, stuff like that, and maybe growing pains for like how you design for the device. And I saw somewhere um, that there's a lefty mode. Do you know what the lefty mode is? No, what is it? You can in the settings flip the screen so that it's upside down. You turn the whole thing upside oh, down. Oh, so I can so just can like do this? Crank with the left hand. Yeah, like oh, that. Oh, that's pretty good. But like if you're reaching well, across, are you gonna start awkward. are you gonna start blocking the screen if you're reaching your thumb to get from a certain just to angle? Hang his hand like, on the top. Yeah, exactly. Your hand's over the 
<laughs> we can't see it because you're blocking it with your head. <laughs> okay, yeah, that does seem... <laughs> okay, the, well, the a new invention of the claw has just happened. Oh. Well, yeah, if people aren't familiar, look up the... Because I made that reference in my review yeah. to the Monster Hunter claw when Monster Hunter got popular on the PSP. Um, oh, my God, yeah. People had to do, like, this very awkward-looking technique in order to manipulate the camera. Um the PSP, that only had one analog stick, right? And then the camera controls were, like, on the D-pad. I, f- I forget exactly how it broke down. But basically, people had to do a very uncomfortable hand movement in order to, like, play the game properly before they updated the control schemes and, like, ported it to, you know, d- we're doing uh, versions of the game on Vita and 3DS. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yes, there are moments where I feel like I'm clawing it up on the play date <laughs> to, to, the, to the point that my hands are, like, pretty, like, normal size. But I... It was awkward enough that I had to put like put it down. I was like, I don't want to hold this anymore. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, after like a 90 minute session of holding it at odd angles, I was like setting it down, not because I wanted to stop playing, but because it was like legitimately uncomfortable. Um, but it's neat. I, you know, it's a uh, it's like an expensive toy. There is an SDK. You can like sideload games off of and like sell them on itch and mm. like, put them on here. I haven't followed the exact steps to how to do that. Um, um, but I know that that is you know, available is not just a closed loop store um, of cool. games that panic is, is contracting out and including. Um, but, um, and also it's like very hard. Like if you order one now, you're not going to get it till early next year, the production Ooh. stuff doing boutique production, right. Seems like a complete nightmare during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's impacting things like the steam deck, the play date. Um, and as I know, my review, there's also like weird things where this is uh, the play date is manufactured in, Malaysia, but you can't you can't buy it there. And you go to um, uh, you, you go if you go to a Playdate's uh the, the the Panics website for the Playdate, and it says so we manufactured the Playdate Malaysia. If you live in Malaysia, you cannot buy it. We will not ship it to you. You can fill out this Google form if you'd like to be informed of how you might be able to buy it in the future. Which you know, I've had people DM me since like maybe that's like an economic zoning thing, like that mm. they're are like you know country specific rules or what i don't know i don't know what the actual answer is to that but it's like it's not a good look to be like we're using your country to make this device but we will not sell it to you fill out this google form to hear more information in the like indeterminate future um but i feel if anything that almost feels like part and parcel with our discussion on contractors like ah yes we will use we will use your area for yeah. your cheap labor, but would you like to buy this fancy boutique device? No, we will send it to the white guy in the suburbs of Chicago where he can talk about it on his podcast. Well, and maybe also just an element of like, but in a weird way, it's so much easier to send it to the people in America because we just load it all onto pallets and into containers. Yeah. But like, right. you want us to get this to a store down the street? Right. I can't. How do we do that? Do you know how we do that? No idea. Okay, well, we just won't. Launch the Google form. (laughs) Yep. Maybe we can find a distributor uh, from Malaysia. I don't know. They need to find, yeah, yeah, they need a new protocol. They got all, they got files, like, down pat. Now they just need physical objects. Physical object transfer protocol. We're dis- uh, we're disrupting online <laughs> retail with physical sales. Uh, you laugh, but uh, yeah, we're not we're not far off from. That oh no, we're scenario. like that. We're rapidly going to like. Well, do you know what the teens are really into? Like 
actually buying movies like this digital thing like no they want objects in the real world Bizarre. well the teens have turned on netflix everyone has turned on netflix everyone yeah. has turned on yeah there yeah, yeah a lot of yeah everyone has turned them stop i should stop paying for that 4k on netflix oh i like i unsubs- i unsubscribed ages ago i subscribed just long enough to watch the new f1 documentary mm. unsubscribing at the end of the month like it is not it's expensive and not very good anymore so what are we doing here i have to stick with it because of they have an unbelievable output of kids animation stuff oh yeah your kids aren't high-fi freaks right no but although what a hell of a way to discover they are Daddy, where the pixels go? She, the kids always Why like does it they, look weird? The, the little bit of sign language they do teach them is like for more, especially when yep. they're younger and can't use their words. And so, my oldest or my youngest, uh, who can speak a little bit now, but will still go more, more when they put their fingers together. It's like that all I need to find out is like bitrate, bitrate, <laughs> yeah. more, more bitrate. Have Encoding. you been hanging out with Rob? What are you doing, Elizabeth? <laughs> Oh. Most of the kid stuff is not in 4K, but they have so much kid shit that even if I drop down to their, uh, like, you know, the five bucks cheaper a month one that um, doesn't have 4K, uh, the, the kid stuff is so, it's worth the 20 bucks a month for, like, they add something new every fucking day. Wild. Um, and that that is useful for, Disney has a lot on Disney Plus, but it's more useful for older kids who have, yeah like, taste and like preferences whereas with a two-year-old it's like dinosaurs and so i could just punch in dinosaurs to netflix and have 45 options come up and we can click click that one uh i think we should probably wrap it there uh there's a few other topics we didn't get a chance to hit we didn't get any any emails but you know i think we've had a good time (laughs) <laughs> uh, if you want more from Waypoint, you can follow us on Twitter. You can't get more from this show. Uh, it's all showed out. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Waypoint, Facebook and YouTube, Waypoint Vice. You can follow me on Twitter at Rob Zachney. Patrick, where can people find you? Follow me at Patrick Klopik. He's going to be over there cranking away. Uh, Kato, mm-hmm. where can people find you? Stacking cards in, in, uh, in the... Well, my brain died. Sorry. At A underscore Cotto underscore appears. Are you trying to remember the name of the game? No, stack. I mean, Stacklands. I was just like making an obscure reference to that game because I played a bunch of it. Kato is lost in the Stacklands, but we'll we'll talk about that another day. Uh, you can check out what we published on waypoint.vice.com this week. It's been, well, it's been all Patrick all the time. Uh, impressions of the play date. Uh, the Secrets of Tunic with designer uh, Andrew Schuldice? Schuldice? Schuldice. Uh We've also been keeping our streaming thanks to Waypoint Plus. Uh, we've taken a look at Gettysburg with both Ren and Patrick in the last week. Plus, Ren and I built the better part of a keyboard at the end of the week uh, last week when I visited the office. If you haven't seen it, check out the last better? hour or so for a little surprise. <laughs> Uh yeah yeah the the increasingly wondering how much of a part. <laughs> Wait yeah where does it where, I only watched you know I had it on in the background but then I I left to do family stuff where did the keyboard end up? What was uh, we have to do some troubleshooting, some diagnosing that what I think that will stop short of being an autopsy. Uh oh, I you know what I'm not 100 percent sure we were. We were looking at that thing when we were breaking down, and I'm like, 
we might want to buy an extra one of these components just in case. Uh oh, <laughs> Patrick, I cannot believe you haven't seen. <laughs> you should. Well, you I heard to... about the fire. Well, that's all I know. Not a fire. <laughs> That's oh, that's my my not a fire shirt is getting uh, granting a lot of questions about oh, uh, the fire. No. Anyway, is that what destroyed it? I mean, we don't know if it's destroyed. Mm. I don't think okay. it's destroyed, but I'm not sure. And also, <laughs> I don't think it's destroyed, but I'm not sure it works. Yeah, and the, but and the other question is, is it in some sort of in between state where like? Do I now want this in my home? Mm-hmm. Just hanging out, plugged into things, drawing power. That's another good question. Uh, <laughs> we will, uh, we'll, we'll sit down at some point. We'll re- revisit that with a multimeter and see what's going on, and uh, make sure it's all, make sure it's all good. Uh, next week, we're gonna have an interview with Greg Furch, the art director on X- XCOM, and a uh, bunch of other Fraxis projects. Whose first job with the company was working on Sid Meier's Gettysburg. Uh, we had a great chat about the era in which that game was made and how development has changed since then with uh, with shifts in the market and technology. Um, and for our Waypoint Plus listeners, we will have a Waypoint 101 chat next week covering Sid Meier's Gettysburg. It's been, you know, the hit of the year. Uh, you know, we were entering a slow <laughs> period of the year, uh, but everyone has just been blown away uh, by how addictive All these Getty and heads. accessible. Uh, yeah. Um, Gettys, Gettys. Oh, there's a people. You've people seen the photos. Yeah. Gettys, Gettys. <laughs> Uh, Gettysburg includes a, an exclamation point in its title, so you have to. It's Gettysburg, <laughs> but also reminds me of the fucking Jeb meme. <laughs> it's the year. I don't. So year. the thing is, that's every what about Oklahoma? Does that have an exclamation mark too? Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Sid Meier's Gettysburg joining the ranks of Oklahoma and I, Jeb. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. <laughs> Uh, was the Jeb meme is one of my favorite broken? enduring political memes. Yeah. Where but yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, anyway, if all that sounds good, or if you just want more Waypoint, you can go to waypointplus.com and subscribe. Not only do you get access to our premium feed, but you're helping support Waypoint and everything else we do here. Our theme mu- music is by Bowen. The track is Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Learn more at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. For now, we are calling time on this week. We will talk to you again next week. Until then, fuck capitalism. Go home. Let's go on 18. I always have to pick carefully. Like, it has to be long enough for everyone to actually get set, but too long and Patrick will make a little comment. (laughs) (laughs) Really threatening. Talking about time that is, he's just talking about our general working relationship. That that too, I suppose. (laughs) Did y'all know that there's a government version? Fucking... Time.gov? Time, time yeah, time.gov. What? Oh really? Yeah. No. Well shit, we should do use that.
But Time. here's the thing. So Cam introduced this to I us like when we less. did when we did Norco. Exactly. Ah. Yeah. I immediately like it less. There's too much information. I just want no. one big clock. I want a big ass clock. Yeah. Exactly. But also, uh, this is yes. U.S. standard. I, what like, I will say is, this is the first time I think I have seen visualized the specific geography of the time breakdowns. Like I, you know, I know in my madness. what the I know fuck? my head. Like, what is like going a, on in Tennessee? <laughs> right, like seeing these partial <laughs> like states are like partially in one or the other. This is what are you doing? What is that one section of Oregon doing? <laughs> Next, just just like, now we want to be with Idaho. Eastern Standard goes way too far west. Uh, It really does. Indiana. I I assumed Ohio. Wait. Indiana is mostly eastern. Yeah. Except for where you grew up, right, Rob? Yep, exactly. Chicago is central, but Indiana largely is eastern. And, like, remember, (laughs) I'm all the way out there, like, near that little, like, thing sticking off of Massachusetts, right near the Cape. Like... It is a ridiculous stretch, um, which is why, like, for us on Eastern time in the summer, like, the sunset will be at, like, 930 sometimes. Oh, my God. Uh, like, Amazing. it is, like, Arctic Horrifying. Circle shit. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like in 28 days whatever yeah exactly where it's just like please please day star have mercy <laughs> i'm trying to get tired and it's like no no uh yeah Look, um, okay wait a minute wait a minute so there's a i know mountain time but then there is an arizona mountain standard time which is just pacific but they get their own category well because look at this little if you notice the fucking shaded in part there's this weird little island and then that top corner of arizona is like nah we're in fucking why isn't it just pacific it's the same time zone uh because arizona's special and they don't want to be associated with california trying to keep that straight i can't imagine keeping look at that i thought there was some i thought that maybe this this graphic was something i could draw on I was like, oh, why did I like click my mouse over here and make this like little no. island? Like, what is, is so going weird on? Time island if that is serves, surrounded. There are places in Indiana uh, that also observe a thing where like they will not observe daylight savings or. They, oh, that's what it is. Only. Yeah. They um, are currently in standard time, which puts them into Pacific. But Pacific right. is on daylights. Uh, They're not observing daylight savings. That's what's going on there. That's why it's different. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's incredible. It's very weird. I wonder if they uh, if that thing did that thing get shot down about changing the time zones. If that thing goes the through Senate and the house just never took it up. If the if it if that ever goes through, what does Arizona do? <laughs> well, do they stick was very- to their weird like <laughs> no we're gonna be off from the rest of the fucking country? <laughs> That happened, and it was, like, a big deal, because it was, like, <sighs> why did the Senate just quietly pass this, like, monumental yeah. ch- change? And then, like, the next day was a bunch of reporting. It was, like, asking senators in the hallways, like, so why'd you vote for this? And they're, like, I didn't know I was voting for it. <laughs> it's, like, all right. And then it just seemed to die right after a bunch of I senators didn't know what? aware. <laughs> I... What, so, it was, was it tucked into something else? It was one of those. No. No? no. It was its own thing. I, I think what they got caught out by was a ton of people being like, yo, it's standard time as though, it, yes, we need to get rid of a time change, yeah. time change, but standard time is the one you should probably keep. Right. Because if you push it into daylight savings all the time, things get real weird in the winter. 
Um, and so like, and, and it would be like physically unhealthy, um, is the argument from like some health folks just cause like circadian rhythms are tied to sunlight really yeah. strongly. Uh, so if you fuck that up, um, there are like long-term health ramifications, uh, across the population. If you get this wrong, they're, they're already wrong. You think that's why a bunch of Republican senators said, I don't, I don't know why I voted for it. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if fuck? that's, I don't know if I buy that. What the fuck? <laughs> I, I agree with that. It's probably the, the, the health argument. So, the, yeah, the real well, thing should be. I think they just got, I think they were just, they got however, voting for something. Well, hmm. but the other thing is, no, but there is a huge retail lobby in favor of permanent That's, daylight yes, savings. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Uh, because DSC people go out and shop more. Um, in the, yeah, they're in like the, extend yeah, daylight right. savings because people will have more time after work to go out shopping. And mm-hmm. so retailers want daylight savings to exist forever. Um, so that people are like, Hey, it's still the middle of the day at like six or seven. And like, there's still light. I can go do stuff. I want daylight um, savings to exist forever. The, the shift or just, I, I want it to be lighter later. I get confused sure. in which one is that. I just want it to be lighter later. Cause I'm up early. I'm up at you. Yeah. You no, are I'm, in, I'm in the dark savings. regardless. Like I'm up yeah. at six in the morning. So like the time change <laughs> means nothing to me except that it makes my evenings more miserable. Um, yeah. No, I am. I I think I'm like. I just want the time change to stop. That's the yes. bigger thing. Is like I would I really love to not have to like. Yeah. Figure out what to do with that hour uh, twice a year. The when I lose it, when I get it back. But I say we go anyway. Full chaos. Mm-hmm. All time is local. It's seven a.m. when the sun comes up. Yes. It's seven p.m. when the sun yes. goes down. Fuck it. So the <laughs> clock doesn't start until. <laughs> Like your clocks are just zero. Yeah, and then there's oh they 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 just divide it. You divide it equally, evenly. Do you have some sort time, of device? Like minutes of get house? longer in the summer. Do you have a device out of your house that is detecting when the the sun comes? Yeah, up it's over just the sundials. Horizon? Sundials. It's sundials. Or is it like you you're in your house and you've determined seven has begun? <laughs> yeah. I think you. I think there's probably a way to do this where like bon, uh, there's a big gong in my house that. <laughs> I go and hit. And I mean, there's <laughs> like you know, all family. Our, the day has begun. All the our time is mine. all our time is internet time. So like you know, there'll be like a local server that decides what time it is for a certain like area, depending on when the sun comes up and down. So there's just like a box at the end of my neighborhood. Yeah, just exactly. figuring it out. Like, my, yes, the sun is up. Uh, the, the fucking teens went and eggs to the time box. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the time box. My upcoming. Sci-fi short story. <laughs> we all have to get really good at ecliptic coordinates uh, to talk about, like when we're when we're meeting. Um, but the, what what you do then is you just translate everything to beats. Obviously, we just everyone gets onto converting swatch automatically. But like for you <laughs> and yourself, you have your own local time. <laughs> Oh, it's because we still need a universal time. Right. But then, so now we have two, two layers of time. Ah, that's... Fuck UTC. <laughs> Beats. Beats is the this way is, to go. This is basically how the French Revolution uh, <laughs> fell apart. This, this right here. This exact... You know, if you think about it, these time abstractions make no sense. We must go back to physical realities of the universe. <laughs> Just... The only thing that, you know, circadian rhythms, they're gonna, who, it's the sun. The who sun. made a better clock than our creator who we don't believe in? Nobody. <laughs> uh, all right. Here we go. 
Well, now you threw me off. <laughs> now we have to start. You could have just I'm done just it. Also you wondering did, you how much of that, throat. like yeah. how much of that is going to just be the intro to the podcast as that well. That was pretty good. It was. I, I think that, it was I, good I, enough. That was a like, good. You know. That was a good intro bit. Not too long. Yeah. Funny bits. Time box. Yeah. Time. What's good, Internet? It's April 22nd, 2022, and you're listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 476. I'm your host, Rob Zachney. I'm joined by Patrick Klopek. Help, I'm stuck in this time box. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.